Good morning. It is good to have this number out with us for our first half of our worship service on the last day of this year. So my mind goes to new beginnings. How often do we make resolutions? I know that's a, a popular thing in the, in the new year to, to set goals for yourself. And how many times do we not reach those goals? But today I want us to think about new beginnings. I want us to think about being faithful in the eyes of God. That's a goal we should set before ourselves every year, every day, every minute, every second of the day, right? In the days to come, there will be trials, there will be temptations, there will be things that gets in between you and reaching the goal that we're going to hopefully set before ourselves at the end of this lesson. How difficult is it to be a child of God? In a world full of iniquity, we're oppressed on every side. The world hates us as they hated Christ before us. Christ even told us that the world's going to hate us. But to set that goal, to say, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, right the opposite of what Christ going to say this morning. So if you have your Bibles, be opening up with me to Matthew chapter 7, verses starting in verse 21. As I make reference to these verses often, this is going to be the starting point of this morning's lesson. <coughs> the reason why I say the opposite of what Christ says in 23, we, all, we oftentimes think of what Christ said is that's what we want to do. That's what we want to, we want to do the things Christ would have us to do. I agree to that thought 100%, but Christ goes to the other end of the spectrum. He's looking at those who call themselves Christians. As we made mention this morning, those who have a blind hope in Bible class, those who are not doing the will of the Father, as he makes mention of here, but to set a goal that's almost unachievable. That's all God is asking for us. Almost unachievable. Why, why would God set for us a goal that's almost unachievable? Because none of us are as good and wholesome as his son. None of us. But to set that goal before us, hey, I'm going to be Christ-like, which is the term Christian in and of itself. When we call ourselves Christians, we should resemble Christ, right? We, we should be. If we call ourselves Christians and we don't look like Christ, we, we should consider ourselves liars. So my thought this morning was this. Set a goal. And try your very best to achieve that goal this next coming year. As this one comes to a close, my mind goes to things in the past. Things we have left behind. The things we have that's no longer uh, uh, alluring to us. Those things that we're not putting high on our priority list anymore. That is the world. Have we cast off the world? That's another big question we need to ask ourselves as we bring this year to a close. Christ drives that point here in these next three verses. For they ask him, in a matter of speaking, he, he knows what's on their mind. And, and here's so this three verses that we're fixing to read this morning with the thought of who's going to be saved. 
Am I going to be saved just because I'm a good person? I consider myself a, 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 a person who does all kind of good out there in the world. <laughs> Which unit of measure are we using when we consider our works good? Is it man's or is it God's? Well, let's look at what Christ says in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 21. <clears throat> Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Well, let's, wait a minute. Let's stop right there in verse 21. So what's he saying in verse 21? He says, not everyone who walks a spiritual walk is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Huh. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. This is what he says, right? So that, that, that tells me that if we're not using the unit of measure of our good works, that is God's unit of measure, our example that has been set before us, that is Christ, if we're not living out our lives as Christ lived, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, recognizing that Christ is who he is. Recognizing that he is the Son of God, but still nonetheless coming to God, not doing the righteous works that they should be doing, but living a life of iniquity. That's what Christ is saying. Have we been deceived? We as in people, have we been de deceived on that there are multiple ways of getting to heaven? Yes, we have as people. There is but only one way to get to heaven. There's only one way that you're going to hear these words that Christ is going to refer to a little bit later in this lesson. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, uh, that's what he's saying. So you might ask, what is the will of God? That all men everywhere should come to repentance. We made mention that this morning in our Bible class. So first off, we need to find out what the will of God is. What does repentance mean? What does sin, what, what does that do in my active Active life is what, how do I know what I need to stay away from? Our instruction manual is open unto us this morning in Matthew chapter 7. Study your Bibles. Find out what God would have you to do. Not according to man's input. Just because the preacher said so, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just because what God said. My mind goes back to the first early church. Well, the first, the early church in the first century and when they was testing those individuals who called themselves apostles. The early church did that. They made sure what was being taught was the truth. And they removed that untruth, those lies that were being taught in the church which is exactly what God would have us to do. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven so doing the will of the Father. You know what the will of the Father is? What He would have you to do? What He would have me to do? What does it look like out there in the world? Does it look like someone who is worldly? No. Most assuredly not. Because we were diving into God's instructions for His people. If you was to go back a good 3,000 years before the New Covenant, and you would ask someone what the Ten Commandments were. 
especially of the Jewish nation, could they have answered that question? They understood what the Ten Commandments were. The, the house of Israel. They knew what it was. They had a few more instructions to do than just the Ten Commandments though, right? But that was the old law. That was the old covenant. The law of Moses. We're not under that law anymore. We have left that uh, schoolmaster. Now we've come into the new covenant. The covenant that was bought by the blood price that was Christ's blood. And he sanctified it. So as we are under the New Testament, our new instruction, something has been revealed unto us that was not revealed to the old covenant. You know what that is? Salvation. Salvation was a mystery under the old law. Yeah, they knew how to be God's people. They knew how to do that. They understood that God was going to be with them and they were going to be their God. They understood that. How often did they fail him? How often did they rebel? In the new year to come, I, I invite us to not rebel against God because we see the outcomes of rebelling against God. For God's promise was the promised land, right? They couldn't enter in because they had an evil heart of disbelief. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So this next year, let's think about what the will of God is. Well, that's a little, that's a little far out, Jeremy. Let's, let's think for the next 10 minutes of what the will of God is and carry that on to the next day and the next day. First off, what type of person are we today? Are we one that's pleasing to our Father? Are we one that says, hey, I have hope in God. I trust Him enough to be obedient unto Him. I love Him enough to be keeping His commandments in my heart. And that is every single day. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So let's make sure we're doing the will of God. Because in the absence of doing the will of God, you're going to hear that in this next verse after the one we're going to read now. 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? But look what we did for you, Jesus. Look, look what we did for you, God. We've done all these wonderful, look at what wonderful works we did. Did you come to repentance? Were you obedient to his commands? Were you doing the things that, that God would have you to do in its totality? That is everything. Here he says no. But Lord, look at what we're doing for you. Doesn't all these works cancel those iniquities out? No, they do not. That thought of being just a good person is enough? No. Many will say to me in that day, this is the day of judgment. When we're standing at the judgment seat of Christ, giving account of all the things that we have done, whether good or bad, actually good and bad. How are you going to respond to why weren't you faithful? Why didn't you do the things that you were supposed to do? 
Why did you do the thing that you weren't supposed to do? Why did you do those things? Can you give a good enough excuse? Nope. Many were saying to me on that day, Lord, look at what we've done for you. Look at all the good works that come over in your name. Were you really doing it in his name? No. Jesus gives us an example about doing it for the betterment of men. Doing it for the recognition of earthly things. Because as we do it in the name of Jesus, that's what's pleasing. He's talking about displeasing works here. And in verse 23, these are some sad words to read. But on that day of judgment, it's going to be a whole lot sadder to hear. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or workers of iniquity. We need to think about that. Today we have an opportunity of repentance. <coughs> Excuse me. Today we have an opportunity to repent of the things that displeasing the eyes of God. On this day, when the powers of the heavens will be shaken, opportunity of repentance will be over. Because as Jesus comes back, those in the grave are going to raise first, and those who remain will gather together in the clouds, but those who are left behind, an opportunity of repentance is done over with. That opportunity is in past tense. Because when this judgment day comes, we had better be standing pure, whole, and justified in the eyes of God. And that is a warning. That is a warning. For our Savior is coming back. We don't know when, but we need to be ready. So as we continue in verse 24, the uh, Example here is of a wise man and the, the not-so-wise man building one building his house on the rock, one building his house on the sand. But we need to notice something. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, and for it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Those who hears Christ's sayings and does them will be like a wise person building his house on the rock. That is to find Christ, find that foundation and build your spirituality off of it is exactly what Christ is saying. For difficulties come, hardships, even loss of life, all those things will come and you will not be shaken. You will not be shaken because you founded the rock and you build your spirituality off of it. Winds came, floods came, difficulties, and the house stood. But there's an, another scenario. There's another scenario of verses 21 through 23. What happens? But everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them. Right? The opposite, right? Will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You ever seen sand? You ever seen what sand does? That's uh, example of right, brother Mark. Example on the beach, right? You go to the beach and you 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 might even help your kids or grandkids or whatever build a house on the beach, right? Build a sandcastle, if you will. And when the tide comes in, what happens? How long does that sandcastle last? Last no time, does it? Because that sand, what does it do? It moves. 
It's never permanent. It moves. You might say, well, I've seen plenty of houses built on the beach. Well, they have a greater foundation. Christ is referring to, here's my sand. I'm going to build on it. So as that sand and as that foundation moves, look what happens. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Not only a, a, a fall, but it was great. This is an example of your spirituality. When you build a false Christ, that is the rock, and you dig down, you get all of the material things, you get the world out of the way, you get the sin and iniquity out of the way, and you find Christ. Build off that. Build off the basic principles of Christ. That is, understand what God would have you do. Learn from it. Uh, get that faith from His Word. And do those things God would have you to do. In your everyday walk of life, right? That's what building off of Christ means. Find that foundation. And again, those difficult times were going to come. And hardships. Even your, your family members. The, the loss of life. Difficulties, right? My mind goes to Job. Everybody says, man, Job had patience. He had patience, but it was wavering a little bit at the end, was it not? He was thought about to himself, you know what? Maybe I did something that was displeasing. Maybe I did something. But he sinned not against God. Whenever, uh, at the beginning of that encounter with Satan, allowed all these bad things to happen. He tempted and tried Job. Whenever God looked at Satan, have you considered my servant Job? In my mind, I put it faithful servant Job. Because Job was faithful all the way through all that hardship. Difficult times come. Job basically built his house on that rock. And he was unmovable. That needs to be us this come years, right? And this needs to be all the way to the end of our lives. As we are faithful unto death, folks, Christ says he will give us the crown of life. So are we prepared? Are we ready? Have we done those things that Christ has told us to do? Have we heard those things that he encouraged us to do? Well, I seriously hope so. So turn with me to Romans <clears throat> chapter 13 and verse 11. Actually, 11 through 14. That was Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 11. <clears throat> and do this, knowing the time that is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, let us put on the armor of light, let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to, for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. The path will be set before us. It's up to us to follow that path. 
this next year. Put on Christ. Put him on. And those who have done so, make no provisions for the lust of the flesh. Make no provisions for sin, is what Paul was saying. So let this encouragement come from God's word to know that there is a horrible outcome for not following Christ. But there is a wonderful outcome for being a child of God. For going through the hardships. For telling Satan, I want nothing to do with you. Get behind me. Away from me. Is exactly what Christ told Satan. Satan left him. So we learn in James, I didn't mark this, well, I didn't mark this one. So as we learn in the writing from James, chapter 4, and verse 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Did you hear what he said? How, how time and time again do we succumb to the devil? When we sin and when we fall short, we let something come between us and God. That doesn't sound like a child of God at all. That sounds like someone saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied, cast out demons, and done many wonderful works in your name? Deceiving ourselves. So let's submit to God. Let's let the, level, let's let the devil flee from us. And have nothing to do with it. Because as we resist him, the days ahead are going to be tough. Because he's been referred to as that roaring lion, right? He's a hungry lion. It's waiting at your waiting at your weakest moment to cause you to stumble. For your temptation does not come from God, nor will it ever come from the tempter. That is Satan. So this next year, I want us to set a goal before us. To not hear those words, depart from me, but well done. Hear those words of Christ and do those things like the wise man building his house on the rock. Build your spiritual house upon that rock. For when difficult times come, your house will remain. Draw near to Christ. To draw near to God. Flee from the devil. And put on Christ and have nothing to do with the world and its entices. I never said it was going to be easy. I never will. For temptation, Satan custom tailors his temptation for you. Yours is different than mine. So as we tell old devil, I don't nothing to do with you. I'm going to stay faithful to my father. For he is the one that offers me everlasting life. Satan can't offer you one thing. He can't. He's, he's powerless. Christ stripped him of his powers when he went to the cross. So my encouragement is this. As this year comes to a close, cast off the works of the devil. You may have walked with him. You may have done some sinful things. And you might need to ready to start new as we cast those evil works off. We can get forgiveness of that sin this morning. By repenting of that sin and confessing that sin and asking God to forgive us of that sin. That's only available to a child of God. 
You may be outside of Christ. What a wonderful time to start anew. Coming to Him through baptism, having your sins washed away, trusting in Him in your everyday walk of life. Enough to say, I want nothing to do with the old devil. Ooh, he's he's going to end up pain and suffering. I don't want to end up with him. But unfortunately, those names who are not written in the book of life, that's where they're going. So let's make sure our name is written in the book of life. Setting our goals before us. Almost unattainable. The reason why I say almost unattainable, it's going to be a difficult walk. It's going to be a difficult journey as we continue on being faithful. But don't let that hinder you from becoming faithful in the first place. Salvation is waiting for us in a place of bliss, a place of wonderfulness. I'm, and that, does, that doesn't even come short of describing heaven. It's a place where our Father is going to dwell forever. And you can dwell with Him as well. That's if and only if you are faithful. So my question for you this morning, do you stand faithful this morning? If Christ was to come to those doors, I know He's not going to come to this earth, but if He came to those doors right now, how would you stand? Justified or lost? Be justified this morning with a repentant heart, confessing your sins, or do you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins in the first place and start your spiritual walk? Why don't we do so as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation?